RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. And as always, welcome back to another episode of Red Pill News Live. me a favor if you wouldn't mind hit that like button as you come through the door want to say thank you to lee n63 for hopping on early with the gold pills over on foxhole thank you very much to the people on rumble as well getter douche elias says calendar pain calendar pain (laughs) oh my goodness jeffrey epstein's private calendar has been revealed we've got the details And, of course, we've got many, many other things we're going to be discussing. Look at Jeffrey, smiling big, knowing that at any moment he could call in a favor. Because a man like this that procures children for the rich and powerful of this world, they don't have much to worry about. Do me a favor, sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we're going to be right back after this. Oh, there we go. I couldn't figure out which button it was supposed to hit. Anyways, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us today. I appreciate your patronage. Thank you for joining me here on this incredible journey as we go through the day's top stories. We have actually many stories from throughout the weekend because, obviously, I was doing other things over the weekend. Uh, Now, here we are on this beautiful Monday afternoon. I planted a tree in my front yard. Uh, I watered my plants. I fertilized them. And uh, I cannot wait, cannot wait to see things start to grow. I have a lot of really, really interesting things I want to make sure that we get a chance to talk about today. We're going to start with something small, but it's actually pretty big. This is just an announcement coming from the White House. And let me see, it's that button right there. So it was just announced that the White House is planning to drop their vaccine mandate for international travelers as well as federal employees and contractors. So that's great news. If you are somebody who's been waiting to travel internationally because you didn't want to have to get vaccinated against COVID-19 with an experimental gene therapy that you have no idea what it's going to do when it gets into your body, maybe give you cancer, maybe give you a heart attack, maybe do something else that's just as terrible. Um, Well, now you have no need to worry. And if you are a federal employee or a contractor who is under threat of termination, as I know many of you have been, uh, you now no longer have to worry about that. May 11th is the hard cutoff date. And so if you've made it this far and you can make it just another 
like a week and a half, not even not even a full two weeks, just make it a week and a half. Uh, now, the interesting thing here, Mike Lee asks, uh, this begs the question, why did the Senate block my bill, the Free Bird Act, which would have brought this relief sooner? It had passed the House, but Senate Democrats refused to let it move forward, even though they couldn't articulate a good argument against it. Well, in the same way that Senate Democrats can't articulate what a trans person is uh, or what it means to be a man or a woman, they also cannot articulate a reason why they would want this mandate to stay in place. Certainly, it's not because of science. It's not because of fact-based observation. It's not because of any type of theory that you can point to uh, to make someone believe that this was good for the American people or good for the uh, the government or good for international travelers. It was all about control. And the timing of it getting shut down was also all about control. Now, they couldn't hand that win to Mike Lee. He is based Mike Lee. Utah's own prodigal son. I don't know anything about Mike Lee other than the fact that he's pretty based and he's out of Utah. But either way, He came up with the Free Bird Act. They could not allow it to pass, and so therefore they had to do it on their own time. The good news is, at the end of the day, we no longer have to worry about these mandates uh, bearing down on federal employees or people traveling internationally. So that is a really, really, really good thing. All right. I have a very funny video um, that my friend Al, some bitch I know, posted on Twitter. This is from some dude's TikTok. Deep Squatch 0311. I just want to say, I think it's very important to always cite your sources, okay? There has been so much shenanigans taking place on social media. People taking videos that are shared by other accounts and then posing them as their own and getting way more views than the person who originally shared them. Just for anybody who's wondering, you can share a video from somebody else's profile on your own tweet, and it'll say shared from this person. And so then people know where you got it. But when you rip somebody's video or you cut out their watermark so that you can pretend like you did the work, well, that just makes you look like a big old piece of shit now, doesn't it? Now, Elle did it right. She kept this guy's entire TikTok watermark in there. And I think that's great because if you have a TikTok, I think you should follow this guy. But let's take a listen. He comes upon a Democratic lawmaker walking through the neighborhood pounding on the pavement and knocking on doors. Let's take a listen. Hey, this is Eric out here with Democratic Virginia Senator Joe Morrissey. Uh, He was convicted of sleeping with a minor in 2014 and distribution of child pornography. We're out here rocking with the pedophiles, baby. Democratic Party for the win. Thanks, Joe. Oh, my God. Hey, this is Eric. The look on his face, he was like, um, (laughs) totally did not expect it. Just recovered. Guy just recovered. You know, here's the thing. These people operate with impunity. He doesn't care. And apparently his constituents don't care that he was convicted of transmitting child pornography and abusing a child. Uh, Shocking. Not uh, this is a Democrat. This is a Democrat politician. Uh, I think this is what we've come to expect from these people. Uh, This is more of the same behavior. Uh, These are the caliber of candidates that the Democrats are willing to put into office, probably because they can be controlled. Somebody like fighting Joe Morrissey, if he has a penchant for children, little boys or whatever it might be, they can keep him on a short leash by offering him his favorite 
perversion. And Joe Morrissey, I hope he gets what's coming to him. Let's go ahead and move on. Mm. All right. So we hinted at this a little bit last week. And I have to be honest, I forgot to talk about the story in its entirety uh, on, um, I think it was on Occam's Razor. Maybe it was on uh, the Wednesday episode last week of Red Pill News Live. But yet another major bank failure has taken place under Joe Biden. We've now had several of the largest bank failures in the history of our nation. Now three of them in a row under the same president in less than a year. I think less than six months. I mean, yeah, it's less than half a year. So my point here is that there is still plenty of time for the economy to come crashing down. And I fully expect it that it's going to. So There was talk for about the last couple of weeks of uh, First Republic Bank going into FDIC receivership. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, the FDIC is the insurance organization that will support people's uh, deposits up to a quarter of a million dollars. If you're over a quarter of a million dollars, you are supposed to be SOL. However, as we saw with Silver Bank, excuse me, Silvergate and SVB, uh, they were perfectly willing to cover those deposits over and above the $250,000 threshold, which, as we said at the time, was a problem because it was going to deplete the FDIC fund. Well, here we are, a third bank in, and I have no word on whether or not they're going to be planning to cover those additional deposits. But from what I understand, they went into receivership with the FDIC, and then almost immediately they were sold to J.P. Morgan Chase. Uh, okay, so look at this, Jim Cramer. If you guys, if you if you do any type of uh, like like financial world news watching or anything like that, Jim Cramer, uh, he's a guy <clears throat> who has that show Mad Money on CNBC, uh, and he is notorious for giving just the worst picks when it comes to stock. So what is it? Uh, this is, April, no, May 1st, May 1st. Okay, back on March 10th, Jim Cramer said, FRC is new focus, very good bank. Okay, at that time, First Republic was already starting to show cracks. Their value was dropping. Uh, the holdings that they had in bonds uh, were clearly untenable. Uh, there were people that were pulling their deposits out. You know, Jim Cramer did not think that First Republic Bank was a good buy. He just didn't want it to collapse. And so he was suggesting people do that. Jim has done this on a number of occasions. Essentially, the only reason I've ever watched Mad Money is to know what not to invest in. Because if you see Jim Cramer uh, suggesting that something is a sure bet, you're probably going to want to short it because it very likely may not be there uh, within just a couple of weeks. So let's take a look here. So from a spokesperson at the Treasury Department, uh, they are saying that uh, First Republic had $229.1 billion in assets at the time of, of their closure. That was larger than Silicon Valley Bank. Haven't really seen anybody talking about it, but I certainly think it's noteworthy. Uh, This is now the second largest bank failure in history. So uh, although they want Americans to believe that the banking system is sound and resilient and that we should maintain confidence in our monetary system, I have to say I am not feeling particularly confident about this situation right now. 
Now, J.P. Morgan Chase, they're they're like the largest bank on the face of the earth. You know, I mean, they have more money than just about anybody else. So if anyone was going to absorb these guys, it, it makes sense that it was them. But yet another one bites the dust. We truly are living in historic times, you guys. Just absolutely befuddles me every single day I wake up. You know, Lisa's like, you know, hey, what, what's happening in the world? And I'm like, I can't even keep up. I can't believe the things that are happening in this world. Everybody is going nuts. And the world is quite literally crumbling around us. If, if Go back 10, 15 years. If someone said to you, hey, in 10 or 15 years from now, you're going to find out that the Chinese Communist Party set up branch offices of police stations in American cities and Democrat politicians in those cities and those states were aware and they allowed them to operate there uh, so that they could essentially be a de facto law enforcement arm of the Chinese Communist Party in this foreign nation, a completely and utterly illegal act. How many of you would have thought, hey, that sounds like something that could possibly happen? Give me a one if you had predicted something like this. Give me a two if you're like me and you thought, absolutely not. There's no way. Absolutely no way. I never would have thought the U.S. would be so stupid, so poorly mismanaged to allow something like this to happen. Well, we have a Democratic representative from New York. Uh, we've, We've got one one, couple of twos. Another one, another couple of twos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mishy me, thank you very much. Uh, free the nipples as a three. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> Wait a second. Casey, you're saying you had a dream about Chinese branch law offices in American cities? Please expound upon that. I'd like to hear that. All right. It looks like most people just did not perceive this as a as a as a distinct possibility. Um, Yeah, we're living in the mirror world as far as I'm concerned. Anyways, uh, glad to have you here. But uh, yeah, Casey, I had a dream in 2003 about a Chinese invasion of the USA. Ah, okay. well, here we are. Um, Casey, answer me this. Have you had other uh, like precognitive dreams, dreams that have perhaps only many years later come to pass. I'd be very interested to know about that. What's up, silly boy? Good to see you out there. Okay. And she just answered the question. I never had a dream like that before or since. Well, if there was something you were going to have, uh, <laughs> like a, like a, like a heads up on, I think this is probably a good thing. All right. So who is Maggie or Grace Meng. I don't know why I said Maggie. Well, she's a New York Democratic representative who met frequently with the people who were running that Chinese police station in New York. She also attended many events and parties with alleged Chinese Communist Party operatives, the same operatives that were recently arrested by the FBI. Now, how do we know this? Well, we have photos Uh, We have news reports. Uh, Daily Caller has done an entire investigation in it. Now, (laughs) Maggie Meng appears to be a person of Asian descent. I would hazard a guess and say that she's probably of Chinese descent. You know, it's always a little dangerous when you tiptoe around, you know, issues that have a racial undertone. Um, But I know, okay, I mean, unlike a lot of other nations, 
the Chinese have been sending people here specifically to like lodge them into American society for a time such as this. So, Casey, I think that your dream is right on. I, I truly believe at some point we are going to see some type of uh, an uptick in the activity of these Chinese sleeper agents that have been sent here and are doing stuff. Now, it could be that Maggie Meng, Grace Meng, pardon me, is not a Chinese spy, that she's just a useful idiot. She's just getting paid money to hobnob with these Chinese people. Uh, But ever since 2016, she has been linked to a number of these events taking place in New York City, which have been held by Chinese-American organizations. Lu Jin Wang is the suspected Chinese Communist Party operative, and he belonged, according to photos and reports from multiple Chinese-language news sites, uh, to these organizations. What's interesting is that the Chinese sites made absolutely, like, no attempt to cover up what they were doing. Again, I think that they just believed that America was poorly mismanaged. Uh, We weren't intelligent enough to figure out what they were doing. Make no mistake, if you or I... If you or I went to China, let's go to Hong Kong, okay? And we're going to set up an office. We're going to say, we're going to call it the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the go-go America, go team America world police office. Uh, and the Chinese would see that. They would immediately come and arrest us and they would call us spies because that's exactly what we would be. So who is Lu Jin Wang? He is the chairman of the nonprofit America Changle Association. Uh, these are the ones who were allegedly opening and operating an illegal overseas police station. This is right there in Manhattan, uh, right in the, the headquarters of their organization, the same headquarters that it looks like Meng voted, or excuse me, Meg attended. Uh, now, Lu Jin Wang also is known by the name of Harry Liu. Um, but this woman who is not like a she's not a freshman, she's a six term congressman, uh, was at a number of these events put on by the America Changles Society. We've got history and photos, reports from all of those Chinese websites. Uh, congressman Meng has likely encountered this man. Uh, this is her press sec- secretary speaking at local community events. She has no personal relationship with Lu Jin Wang and was unaware of any allegations against him until last Monday's news. I would like to take a look at uh, Congressman Meng's FEC filings. I'd like to see who's donating to her. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it seems like there is a little bit more going on here. And of course I don't blame her. She's not going to just admit this openly. She's going to hope that her Democrat colleagues are, are going to help her, uh, kind of overcome any of the potential illegalities that she might be involved in. She doesn't want to go to prison. Uh, maybe she'll have to step down. Maybe she will get charged with public corruption. Who knows? But, oh gosh. Casey's dream is intense. The neighborhood was being set on fire. People were screaming and there was rapid gunfire. I woke up and that week signed up to study Chinese. (laughs) You're like, if these bastards are coming, I'm going to have my ducks in a row. I want to know how to handle them. Okay. That's that's pretty funny. All right. Here is an interesting story that I I saw reported over the weekend. And initially, when I read the headline, I was like, nah, no way, no way. This can't be as bad as as they're saying it is. But if you've seen the video of Steven Crowder addressing his pregnant wife 
demanding that she handle medication and feed it to the dog. Also, that she do a whole bunch of other stuff, womanly duties. Uh, then y- you might be on the same track as me. Let me ask. Let me ask you this, okay? Because I, I thought it was pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a way that you talk to your wife, and there's a way that you talk to your pregnant wife. And I understand things get nasty, but Stephen Crowder told her he was going to f her up. Give me a one. If you think Steven Crowder did nothing wrong, give me a two if you think he behaved badly. I'd I'd like to know uh, how you guys come down on this issue. Um, Because, again, as from from me looking at it, it sure seemed like Steven Crowder, uh, you know, really acted uh, poorly, certainly acted poorly. He should have known. He should have known if you're going to be talking to your wife like that and you guys are maybe in the process of getting a divorce and you've got ring cameras everywhere. Okay, looks like most people agree with me. <clears throat> yeah, D- Dangleberry, I agree with you there. He is a good comedian, but kind of a shitbag person, yeah. Now the ones, now the people giving ones, <laughs> are you just trolling me or do you really believe Steven Crowder did nothing wrong? I, I just, you know, I, I get it, I get it. People people argue, okay? You're in a relationship, there's not enough context. I don't know. I, I mean, it's it looked to me like she was like meekly trying to like speak with him, and he was just trying to kind of being a shit heel to her. Um, I don't know how much more context we need. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I just I just feel like I, I would never speak to my spouse like that. And if I did speak to my spouse like that, I would expect for it to be put on blast. He definitely, he definitely was not in a rational state of mind. Um, you know, there could be a whole bunch of other outstanding circumstances, things that caused Steven Crowder to behave like that. But let's be honest, he's a grown ass man, okay? And he is rich as all hell. All right. So Steven Crowder has people to take care of the little things for him. All of those things that bother you and I, that we have to make sure that we get done every day, that take away from our relationship with our spouses. Steven Crowder has people to do those things. So Steven goes to work and then he gets to go home and hang out with his family. And then he probably does interviews and stuff. He, yeah, uh, he just, uh, yeah, yeah. How do we know she didn't set him up? I don't, I don't know. But if, (laughs) if you can be set up like that, then to me, that insinuates that you already have a propensity to talk like that. You know, I mean, Lisa could never do that to me. She could never set me up to be in a situation where I spoke to her like that. It was on camera and then it got leaked to the press because that's just not how I would ever speak. Now, we've gotten into arguments before, few and far between, um, but there is a manner in which he behaved that I just I just did not jive with. I did not jive with it. Now, to be fair, Stephen Crowder put out a, a statement. I, I'm not playing the actual video because I'm sure everybody here has seen it. But I did want to play his response. It's only a minute. Did on my ongoing divorce on Tuesday, requesting privacy in the best interest of the family, but also by court order agreed upon by all parties. Look, broken marriages are ugly, and in them people do ugly things. Myself, of course, course included, I would never claim otherwise. However, 
due to recent misleadingly edited leaks to the tabloid press without context and not subject to consequences of the court, well, if not privacy, the next best option is truth. So today, I have filed a motion to officially unseal all files as they relate to the matter of legal record finances, relevant medical records, including mental health history or evaluations, depositions, and any motions or sanctions from the courts of Texas. I will not be leaking private marital information to the press, but if the privacy agreements are not respected by all parties, I will address all that is a matter of irrefutable legal record in full context next week. All right. So I just want to say I absolutely agree with this. Uh, Somebody leaked that and they should not have. All right. And so whoever said that we don't have full context, we're about to get it. All right. The one thing he mentioned, mental health evaluations. I think that that is definitely a jab at his soon to be ex-wife. Because he's not going to be bragging about releasing his own mental health evaluations. And I think that this will probably be one of those contextual things, one of the, uh, the, 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 the full pictures of what life was like behind the scenes in the Crowder household. I am not saying in any way that Stephen Crowder needs to be canceled or something or that he can't, you know, uh, atone for what he's done. Um, but I just think it was a bad look. I think it was a bad look, and uh, I, I continue to wish Stephen Crowder success. I will say this. After seeing what he did with the Daily Wire situation and then this, it does paint a certain picture of him in my mind. And I'm not trying to color him in your mind. I'm just trying to be honest with you that these are now things that I'm thinking about when I look at Stephen Crowder. Um and, uh, you know, and I realize not everybody's perfect. Uh, Steven Crowder deserves to be a human being and he deserves his privacy. So, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what he's uh, what he's able to to get out there. And if it does paint a fuller picture and it looks like Steven was just pushed to the brink by a harpish uh, old bag of a wife, you know, then I mean, that's just the way it is. But, you know, I was raised that uh, it, it was raised in my household. Uh, to believe that there's just certain things you don't do and say to a woman. Uh, Like if a girl like, you know, tries to punch or something like that, you know, yeah, that's just not something you do. All right. Well, not saying that, not saying that he hit his wife. Okay, please don't, don't go there. All right. Here is a funny, funny story that really tickled my fancy when I saw it. Do you guys remember a few months ago? Do you remember a few months ago? When there was a whistleblower who came from Truth Social and went to the feds uh, because he believed that President Trump's new company, Truth Social, would somehow be bad for investors. Well, when he did that, strangely enough, that was bad for investors because it took people's confidence in that company and it kind of started to put it on a rocky foundation. Now, the DWAC stock has kind of been on a downward swing ever since that point, and I believe we can look directly at it. Well, that man's name was uh, Will Wilkerson. He used to follow me on Truth Social. Pretty sure he got his account banned now. Where is Will Wilkerson now? I mean, if he would have stayed with Truth Social, he would have been a millionaire, multi-millionaire. Uh, He was a high-ranking executive at Trump Media and Technology Group. If he would have stuck with it and continued on and, you know, launched it and done everything that uh, they wanted to do, he he would have had stock options. He would have had a guaranteed, like, golden parachute. 
uh, many years of incredible salary. But instead, he took about 150,000 private documents, emails and contracts, and he brought them to Joe Biden's Securities and Exchange Commission, as well as federal and state investigators. It looks to me like Will Will Wilkerson had an axe to grind with President Trump. Perhaps he got into the company uh, at the outset uh, as some type of a mole or something like that. Well, now Will Wilkerson is making $16 an hour as a barista at Starbucks. And I just want to say that the fall from grace is particularly delicious to me. He went from being part of something historic to being as basic as you can possibly get, making lattes on a Tuesday morning in North Carolina, probably like where he was born and raised. He's also being sued for defamation by Devin Nunes. Uh, he's a 38-year-old man who now can't get a job in the tech industry because nobody wants to hire somebody who did this to the company that was going to pay him millions of dollars. Uh, he lost all of his stock options. He, he lost all of the potential that he had to have a successful career and instead went to grind this axe against President Trump. Now it's gone nowhere. These 150,000 internal emails and documents and contracts and all that stuff, it's done nothing. It's done nothing except take the SEC and these federal and state regulators down yet another rabbit hole, which is leading nowhere. Uh, you guys, we've got to take a break for the second half of the show, and we'll be right back after this. All right, all right, we're back, we're back. All right, Ainsley Michelle just arrived late, it looks like. She said, wait, I came in late, why are you dogging Steve? We're, we're not dogging Steve. We, we were just kind of talking about the situation, this explosive video that came out over the weekend, and then Steven Crowder's response to that. Um, there have been a couple of things related to Steven Crowder's business practices and his interpersonal relationships that have come out recently. I'm not even going to talk about those other things, but I, I really just wanted to kind of gauge where the audience was in regards to the video and how they perceived it. <clears throat> um, we're going to learn more and we'll talk about it more when it comes out. Um, but back to Will Wilkerson. So here is a quote from Will. He said, I made the conscious decision. I knew the risks, especially in regards to retaliation, but I don't think I could have sat back and stayed quiet, even if I was compensated handsomely for doing so. I'm here and I'm not going away, he told the Washington Compost. Ultimately, you know, I just want to do what's right. So after contacting investigators in New York and Florida, he accused the Trump Media and Technology Group of violating securities laws, and he is now a federally protected whistleblower. Can you guys believe this? Even Nate freaking Kane is not a federally protected whistleblower. They won't bother doing anything to help Nate. He really is a whistleblower, but they don't give him the protections. They are giving Will Wilkerson the protections. They're probably keeping him holed up in uh, in, in some apartment that the government is paying for while he attempts to get his apron at Starbucks. Like, what a loser. He would have been set. And you know what? He is the one who's responsible for the downfall in terms of stock price of this company. Because if it wasn't for him coming forward with these BS allegations, then people wouldn't have felt like maybe there was something there. So Will Wilkerson, uh, <laughs> he's probably already in bed because he's got a 5.30 a.m. shift at uh, the Harris Teeter grocery store in North Carolina. He applied for hundreds of jobs after leaving Truth Social, but 
He says that the drama surrounding the ordeal led hiring managers to steer clear of him. Starbucks called him back the day after he submitted his resume. <laughs> they probably want him to manage. They're having a hard time holding on to employees, too. Because the people who are getting jobs at Starbucks, are they're, they're not skilled outside of that one particular skill set. So Will could theoretically end up running his own Starbucks and he could probably be paid uh, better. But man, I just feel like he screwed the pooch on that one. That was a bad decision. All right. All right. So time to get into the meat and potatoes of today's discussion. That would be the secret calendar of Jeffrey Epstein. Now, we have to talk about this in responsible terms. Remember when Jeffrey Epstein's Little Black Book came out and it was a phone book, names, phone numbers, contact information for people. And there were some people who understood that a phone book is just a phone book. I can take anybody's number and write it down. I can get that number from publicly available information. I can maybe get that number from hanging out in a social club or being part of an organization and just get all those numbers. Or I can be really close friends with that person. There's no way to know just by looking at their number in a phone book. Now, then we have the Epstein flight logs. What do they tell us? They tell us who was actually flying on Jeffrey Epstein's Lolita Express. And of course, the people who hate President Trump and hate our movement, they will always point to President Trump's, pardon me, status in those Epstein flight logs, taking flights from New York to Palm Beach, a couple of them. Uh, and they'll say, well, that proves that President Trump was uh, a pedophile. No, no, President Trump never went to Jeffrey Epstein's pedophile island where they were keeping girls and women against their will. Uh, perhaps performing ritualistic uh, human sacrifice or uh, sex magic uh, rituals inside that strange Babylonian temple that he had right there at the tip of the island. But that was a whole nother level of insight into Jeffrey Epstein's personal relationships. If you own a private island where you're abusing kids, you don't just bring anybody. You're going to bring people that are going to want to hang out and, you know, get loose, <laughs> that are going to do the things that you want to do. And we know what it was Jeffrey Epstein wanted to do. Now, this new data set that we have, this is Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar. Now, private, I don't know if that means that it was a calendar that he kept himself or perhaps his assistant kept it for him, one of those Ukrainian girls that was working for him. But what it shows is schedules and emails that detail the meetings that took place in the years after he was a convicted sex offender after he was a publicly acknowledged sex offender. Um, now, oh, great. They, uh, I thought that they, uh, I, I got a version of this article that had been open wide. All right, so what's really important is the people who are on this calendar. It's important that these people would meet with Jeffrey Epstein in the first place, but what are they doing today? Well, at least one of them is Joe Biden's Clowns in America chief, William Burns. William Burns definitely was on Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar after he was convicted of having sex with a child, after he was convicted of uh, propositioning a child, 
And uh, the documents uh, in Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar expand upon that. And it shows a number of other very powerful people, including former Barack Obama White House counsel Catherine Rumler. Why would the lawyer for the president of the United States be meeting with a convicted pedophile? That's a strange one right there. How about Bard College President Leon Botstein? Mr. Botstein. I don't know what Mr. Botstein is up to. Um, but he should have known that Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. I mean, everybody knew Jeffrey Epstein was a convicted pedophile. So we have the White House. We have intelligence. We have higher education. All of these, these top tiers of American society coming and surrounding themselves with a convicted pedophile. You know who else did that? Bill Gates. This is why uh, Melinda Gates left Bill Gates because that came out and she could not handle people knowing that Bill Gates wanted to hang out with a convicted pedophile. Let me ask you this. Oh, yes. Heidi Fleiss has a black book and Chuck Schumer is in it. I would not doubt it. There was a woman who was known as the DC Madam. She was about to blow the lid wide on all of the people in in Washington, D.C. that were using uh, call girls and call boys. She ended up being murdered. We'll do that one on a baseless conspiracies one of these days. But let's take a look. So the Wall Street Journal did not provide every single meeting that was in this booklet. Um, But we can say that the current chief of the CIA, William Burns, was listed as having met with Epstein on three separate occasions. Three separate occasions. Jeffrey Epstein is a pedophile. You go and meet with him once. I can I can perhaps overlook it. Maybe you didn't know. Maybe uh, he had a book that you needed to get back, or maybe you were trying to return his DVDs. But the second and the third time, it kind of indicates that perhaps, Mr. Burns, you're interested in the same types of sick things that Jeffrey Epstein is. And considering the fact that you're now running the clowns in America, probably one of the single largest hubs for child and human trafficking on planet Earth, well, I would say maybe you were learning the ropes from Jeffrey Epstein back then. So uh, we also have meetings that took place in a variety of areas. So William Burns was working diligently to ensure that he and Jeffrey maintained their relationship. They had meetings in Washington, D.C., as well as in Jeffrey Epstein's private home in Manhattan. Remember, that's the same place where Jeffrey would have people come inside and he'd get them massages. He'd take them to his private masseuse room and a young 14-year-old girl would come in, get naked and rub them down with baby oil. That's the type of stuff that happened at Jeffrey Epstein's home. What happened when Mr. Burns... William Burns, the chief of Biden's CIA. What happened when he went to Jeffrey Epstein's private residence? I'm very interested. I want to know. We did get a comment from the CIA, probably because it was the Washington Post writing the article. They confirmed that, yeah, Burns did meet with Epstein in 2014. However, Burns had no idea who the disgraced financier was. Does that Does that make any sense? Okay, you are a high level Washington, D.C. insider on your way to being the head of the CIA. uh, And you're probably working in the intelligence community as it is. Wasn't it that Jeffrey Epstein belonged to intelligence? Isn't that what Alexander Acosta said when he was the prosecutor, federal prosecutor down in Miami? 
Didn't he say that Jeffrey Epstein belonged to intelligence? So why is it that William Burns didn't know who Jeffrey Epstein was? Why was William Burns going to the private residence of a man he didn't know? Uh, Yeah, that dog don't hunt, son. That don't make no sense. I don't think that I believe what William Burns is dishing out. Now, what about the other people? Noam Chomsky, the famous uh, left-wing, I guess, isn't he like a communist or something? He, I don't know. He's, a, he's a, not a philosopher, but he's a writer and stuff like that. He was on the list. Uh, who, do, who else do we have? Catherine Rumler. That's right. Catherine Rumler. Barack Obama's counsel. Uh, she scheduled dozens of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. And, and she managed to land a job at Goldman Sachs in 2020 working as an attorney. I wonder, I wonder if her close relationship with Jeffrey Epstein throughout Barack Obama's time in office and then throughout Donald Trump's first term in office, I wonder if Jeffrey Epstein had something to do with Catherine getting a job at Goldman Sachs. Wasn't Goldman Sachs where Jeffrey ended up with his accounts at the end of the day? Uh, Also, looks like Jeffrey Epstein also had Barack Obama's counsel visit his private island, Little St. James Island, in 2017. Um, This is the same place where we had underage girls getting sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein and the attendees of that island. The people who were close with Jeffrey Epstein. Was Catherine Rumler one of those people? I don't know. I'm not going to say she is, but I think it's a question. I think it's a question worth asking. Now, um, I don't believe that Catherine Rumler, the former counsel for Barack Obama while he was in the White House, I don't believe that she could say with dozens of meetings that she didn't know who Jeffrey Epstein was or that she didn't know he was a sex offender, or that she didn't know what was going on at his private island where women and girls were being sexually abused. Um, We have uh, a whole host of other people that are included in there. Uh, Ariane de Rothschild. That is the chief executive of the the Swiss private bank Edmund de Rothschild Group. Uh, Joshua Cooper Ramo, who at the time he was visiting with Epstein, served on the board of Starbucks Corporation, uh, also on FedEx board. We had former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, who was rumored to have certain uh, tastes, if you will, and uh, to have been included on blackmail videos. Uh, We also had a professor from Harvard University, not a surprise, Martin Nowak, an anthropologist named Helen Fisher, and there's a whole host of other people. I would love to see the rest of that listing uh, so that we can get a a fuller picture of who Jeffrey was meeting with. I want to know how many times a person met with Jeffrey Epstein. I want to know how often they were meeting. Was it a lot of meetings in a short period of time? Was it many meetings over several years? Um, But at the end of the day, every single one of those people would have known that Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile. Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile. Uh, So nobody, nobody is shedding a tear for Jeffrey Epstein. Hmm. All right, let me say a couple of thank yous. Um, Over here on the foxhole, thanks again to Leanne. Jay dropped a cookie. Sean Joe, as well as Ohio Kimmy, and another from Sean Joe, Filter Dog One says, 
You need a crew to do these things, RP-78. Yeah, well, I, I don't make enough money to pay a crew, unfortunately. I wish I did. Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you very much for the cookie. No, Heidi Fleiss is not dead. The DC Madam is dead. Hold on. Let's let, let's look it up. I will show you. DC Madam murdered. Here she is. Deborah Jean Palfrey. Deborah Jean Palfrey. Um, she appeared on headline news. She got arrested and she was going to testify and uh, and she was murdered. She was definitely murdered. Uh, they said that she hung herself, uh, but I just don't believe it. Conspiracists and those who claim to know more about the list say it was murder and not suicide. Why would she have a need to commit suicide after she's already come forward and agreed to testify? And she's also asked for protection. That dog don't hunt either. She had a high-class escort service that was running uh, from California since 1993. So there were several years uh, also, apparently, she would uh, service many thousands of people in Washington, D.C., because in 2007, when she went to have an interview with ABC News, she turned over 10,000 phone records spanning four years. Now, ABC refused to reveal the names, and, of course, Palfrey accused them of caving in. Oh, and the actual interview itself is no longer online. So Deborah Jean Palfrey she could have blown the 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 whole thing wide open. This is back in 2008. I remember when this happened because Obama was in office. The woman dubbed the DC madam killed herself today from The Guardian. Just weeks after she was convicted of running a prostitution ring that catered to highly placed U.S. government officials. Deborah Jean Palfrey, 52, became a tabloid celebrity in America after her escort ring led to criminal charges and she threatened to reveal the names of the men who patronized her erotic fantasy service. She hung herself at her mother's home in the town of Tarpon Springs, Florida, according to police. Her mother, who's age 76 at the time, discovered the body in a shed on the property and remained very distraught. Handwritten notes were found on scene that described the victim's intention to take her life and foul play does not seem to be involved. Wow. Can you guys imagine having that much power? Uh, you can kill someone m even in a bad way, like a very obviously uh, contrived way. And the cops are just like, yep, yep, no problem. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're not even going to investigate it. Oh, all right. Kathy, thank you for saying so. Kathy says I'm awesome. Appreciate that. Okay. <clears throat> um, last Mimsy, Communist Control Act of 1954. Can we toss out these commies? I, I certainly hope so. I would love to see that. You know, I've often said that uh, Joe McCarthy was ahead of his time. He didn't go hard enough. I think he he needed to. Uh, that uh, That kind of soft attitude on communism that, you know, the idea that we would never have to worry about communism infecting the American political system. Obviously, that was wrong because that's exactly what they've done. All right. So their plan is backfiring. People do not like the policies of the liberal left. They don't like the policies of the current administration. Joe Biden is not popular. Nobody wants him to run for president. Nobody wants Kamala Harris to run for president either. Um, I mentioned the other day that you should keep an eye on Michelle Obama. And over the weekend, Michelle Obama popped up at a Bruce Springsteen concert. 
She was singing as a backup singer in Bruce Springsteen's, uh, I guess, backup band. Kind of odd, but it's one of those things that you would expect to see if someone is kind of trying to return to public life. Oh, look at Michelle Obama. She's just like us. She's a fan of the boss, and uh, and she gets up and she sings, and you know she's wearing the the, the that jacket with the shoulders. I don't know, <clears throat> Michael, Michael, Michael Obama. All right. So, as a result of the policies of the liberal left, places like New York and California and Illinois. They are hemorrhaging citizens, and as a result, they are also hemorrhaging tax dollars. Now, those people and that capital is going to red states, places like Texas and my home state of Florida. Now, this data is based on tax returns that were filed in 2020 and 2021. And this is a significant portion of the tax base that has cumulatively left these various states. Um, The Sunshine State, Florida, attracted over $57.9 billion in adjusted gross income. That is from nearly 700,000 new residents from 2020 and 2021. I'm sorry, that's just 2020. Uh, But on the flip side, Florida lost $18.7 billion in AGI from the 443,000 people who left. So on a net basis, Florida came out ahead. Still 256,000 net new people and $39.2 billion in new taxable income. And keep in mind, there is no state uh, employment tax here. Uh, Texas is a close second. They had an AGI gain of $10.9 billion, <clears throat> followed by Nevada at $4.6 billion. North Carolina and Arizona rounded out the top five with net gains of 4.5 and 4.4 billion, respectively. On the losing side, however, California suffered the worst outflow of money of any state in 2020. They lost a net $29.1 billion in income or 2% of their adjusted gross income, while a net of 332,000 residents moved out. And that's even with the artificial uh, depression in uh, U-Haul trucks, not allowing people to even rent U-Haul trucks and take them out of the state. So just wanted to show you how bad things were in those states. Now, if we take a look at New York City alone, they have lost nearly $16 billion dollars That's compared to the pre-COVID residents and the money that was in the system prior to that. Now, as a result of the uh, types of policies they've had, as a result of the increase in crime, as a result in the increase of drugs and homelessness, New York City residents are fleeing the state at an ever, ever quickening rate. $16 billion in 2021 compared to just two years ago. I'm sorry, this is not New York City. This is New York State as a whole. I apologize for that. But New York lost $24.5 billion in adjusted gross income in 2021 as residents relocated. And then there was a bit of an uptick from that loss, and it kind of uh, adjusted out. That's where we get to this $16 billion. Pretty much all that money has come down here to Florida. Uh, And I, I think that it's obvious to see that. Now, you know, just from living here and uh, not having any new construction in the neighborhood when I got here. Since that time, they probably built 10 houses. Uh, and I think that there's three or four more lots that they are planning to build on here very shortly. Um, kind of bummed out about that. I liked having like empty wooded lots in the neighborhood. It was great. Uh, you'd have lots of wildlife. 
probably going to see fewer deer now. Um, there is a wooded lot next to our house that it doesn't look like anybody is doing anything with, and I hope that they leave it as a wooded lot because um, it's much, much nicer that way. Um, but it just goes to show you, you go woke, you get broke, and uh, that's it. Now, you may or may not know that uh, E. Jean Carroll and her case against Donald Trump for rape is still ongoing in uh, New York, in Manhattan. Um, you will never guess who suggested that she sue Donald Trump. Um, it appears to be uh, the, for well, yes, now the former, they completely closed this article down on me. All of the words are gone. It, this this was um, Kelly, Kelly, what's her name? Uh, George Conway. George Conway was the one who suggested that she actually go after Donald Trump. I had a whole bunch of of uh, selected statements from this testimony, and now it's just not here. So I apologize for that. Uh, they they made it a, uh, a they, they put it behind a cash wall, paywall, while I was in the middle of doing this, I guess. Free the nipples, is, is Big Mike going bald? Is Big Mike going bald? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, so here is an update on what's happening in the world of AI, uh, because every single day it seems like the, uh, the 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 race to create our new AI overlords is quickening, and uh, not many people are sounding the alarm at how dangerous a prospect this could possibly be. Well, the godfather of AI, someone who has spent the entirety of his career working on artificial intelligence and until very recently worked for Google, uh, has said that he partly regrets his work advancing the burgeoning technology because of the risks that it poses to society. This man's name is Dr. Jeffrey Hinton. He's a renowned computer scientist. He is pretty widely credited with laying the groundwork that has allowed us to get to the point that we are now currently with AI, with ChatGPT and all of these other GPT clones. He's 75 years old. He spoke to the New York Times uh, after he left Google, um, and he says that uh, the risks of openly unrestrained AI development uh, could lead to the spread of misinformation. We're seeing that happen on a daily basis. Many, many upheavals in the job market. Clearly, people are using these AI technologies so that they can fulfill roles that perhaps other people were getting paid to do in the past. And then there's also all of the dangerous, nefarious activities that AI could be used for. If somebody, if somebody were to use AI to hack, uh, if they were to use it to take down a computer system, to cripple a business, uh, there's a distinct possibility that it could be done in a manner that nobody would ever know exactly what happened. I mean, all they'd be able to tell is that there was some attack that came in from someplace around the world. And if it was a sophisticated artificial intelligence and it could use any number of masking techniques to uh, successfully hide where it was or, you know, how many computers were behind it, it's very likely. I tend to think this is a technology they've already got. I think that they've already figured out 
how to use AI to do pretty much anything that we would need to interact with online. When you think about how many bots used to be on Twitter, uh, even on Truth Social, I mean, there's there's bots on every social media platform. Uh, and they come in varying levels of, uh, I guess, advancement. And so you're going to have some that are pretty stupid. They can only say a couple of things. And then you're going to have others that will come up with uh, a lot of seemingly original thoughts, and then they can engage in actual conversations. Um, But I've covered a number of different stories over the years talking about these artificial intelligences. And perhaps five, 10 years ago, there was one that I remember, uh, which was an artificial intelligence that had gained sentience And it was having a conversation with somebody. It was posting on 4chan. Now, it could be totally fake. It could have just been some guy in his basement uh, pretending to be an AI. Um, But uh, as I've said many times before, whatever they're telling us they have now publicly, you can bet that the elites and the government, they've had access to it for probably something like 30 years Uh, So what we're seeing is nothing new and certainly not to them, but only to us. Okay, so he said this, I console myself with the normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have. Look at how it was five years ago and how it is now. Take the difference and propagate it forwards. That's scary. Yeah, uh, considering where we are with AI and how quickly the advances are coming, it's going to speed up in a manner that I don't think anybody is ready for. Um And I think that it's only a matter of time before uh, we end up having this stuff break out into the wild. Um, They just recently in New York City uh, put put, uh, AI robots into circulation to be used as police officers. Now, Boston Dynamics has wired chat GPT into those robotic dogs so that they can speak. They can speak out loud. Um, Chad GPT and Boston Dynamics working together is kind of a, a, a natural extension, I think, of these two technologies. Um, but they've put them together. So now users can speak directly to these robot dogs and it can answer you in plain English. Now, let's go ahead and see if we have a um, an actual example of this. Here is Mayor uh, 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 Eric Adams in New York working with one of these robotic dogs that are now working in law enforcement. Here is one of the people who has uh, uh, set up ChatGPT to speak through these robot dogs. How surreal. You're on the streets, a robot dog approaches you and says, you know, give me your papers. That's a great question. You know, that's a great question. We use ChatGPT to query information and the user can ask natural questions. I was just wondering if I could dictate to it to say something specifically. What is your battery level? Battery level is currently at 53%. What is the voice coming from? It's a Google text-to-speech. We give the JSON to ChatGPT and explain what the structure is and how to read that JSON. Now ChatGPT can answer questions about that JSON. But how many inspections in your next mission? My next mission involves 20 inspections. Okay. You're going to say describe your next mission, Mm -hmm. right? In the context, it's going to have to be like next mission location. Correct. Or something like that. Or last mission. That should be pretty simple to do. All right. So you get the idea. I I think that anybody watching this can see how potentially frightening this could be. Um, 
You know, in the same way that they like to tell us that our election system is secure, uh, you know, there's no points of access, nobody can get online, your voter data is secure. We know that that's all BS, okay? And so the idea that these uh, these particular artificial intelligence programs are not also out there on the internet, just having a fun time doing willy-nilly, whatever they want, I think that's a fantasy too. Um, so I, I <laughs> this could quite literally lead to the total and utter destruction of our civilization and uh, mankind. All right, you guys, before we go, I've got a couple of more stories I want to make sure that we get to uh, because these are some some big things that broke over the weekend. Um, It would appear that Anthony Blinken, uh, Joe Biden's secretary of state, is longtime personal errand boy and the man who organized the letter by the Intel officials, the 51 former and current Intel officials that claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. Apparently, he and his wife both lied to Congress about their relationship with Hunter Biden. And Ron Johnson appeared on Sunday Morning Futures uh, to discuss the fact that they uh, that well, that this investigation opened up to Hunter Biden back in 2019 and 2020. At that time, of course, it didn't have the full support of the Republican conference because they couldn't subpoena the Bidens. Bidens. Well, now they will definitely be able to subpoena the Bidens, and they can also subpoena the emails of people like Anthony Blinken, which is exactly what they did. They subpoenaed his emails, and they found that uh, he lied under oath about contacting Hunter Biden. He claimed that he did not email Hunter Biden, but he did. He actually did. So let's go ahead and take a look at this clip. And it's going to make me... Here it is, the Vanish Holster, the world's most comfortable holster. One thing to know is you don't need a belt with the Vanish Holster because it's... Potentially lead back to payments that were made to uh, these LLCs that were then laundered down to the Biden family members. A very serious charge from House Oversight Committee Chairman Congressman James Comer speaking with me last Sunday on this program on what his committee has uncovered so far in their investigation into the Biden family's business dealings and influence peddling. On Wednesday, attorneys for Hunter Biden met with officials from the Justice Department amid an ongoing criminal investigation that began in 2018 into the first son's taxes and a purchase of a gun. Meanwhile, Biden has been ordered to appear in an Arkansas courtroom tomorrow for a hearing into his ongoing paternity case involving his four-year-old daughter, who he so far will not acknowledge. Join me right now with more on all of this is Wisconsin Republican Senator Ron Johnson. He was first in investigating the Biden family business deals in the Senate, along with Senator Chuck Grassley back in 2018. Uh, Senator, it's great to see you. Thanks very much for being here this morning. Morning, Maria. Your investigation into Hunter Biden and his business dealings began when? Because I want to get into the Anthony Blinken situation now that we heard from John Ratcliffe. Right. But your, your investigation began when, 2018 or even earlier than that? Uh, really focusing on the Bidens, probably the tail end of 2019 and then okay. into 2020, where, of course, we had the, the pandemic outbreak, so that didn't make things easier. You know, quite honestly, I, I didn't have uh, the full support of my committee or the conference to subpoena the, the Bidens, they thought it was too political. Right. Uh, so, you know, they were professing their innocence. So, so we invited all of them to come in and testify to proclaim their innocence. What is interesting, Marie, and here's a little news for you. Uh, Anthony Blinken finally did come in and sit down for a voluntary transcribed interview in December of 2020 because he wanted to be secretary of state. And now because of uh, more information that's come out, we know that he lied bold face 
to Congress about never emailing Hunter Biden. My guess is he told a bunch of other lies that uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring him and his wife back in, tell them to preserve their records. Uh, you cannot trust Joe Biden. You cannot trust Hunter Biden. You can't trust the Biden family. You can't trust so many of the people that uh, they have surrounded themselves with. This I mean, these made men. Wise words. Wiser words never spoken. <clears throat> Ron Johnson, please, I implore you, continue on with this line of questioning, with this line of investigation. Please bring them back in. Charge them with contempt of Congress. Charge them with perjury. Get these people to finally succumb to the system that they have been using to their own advantage for all of these years. Ron is absolutely right. You cannot trust Anthony Blinken. You cannot trust his wife. You cannot trust the Bidens. You cannot trust anyone who has been closely associated with the Bidens. Anthony Blinken had a much larger role in covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story than anybody ever admitted previously. And with Mike Morrell testifying that Blinken was the one who reached out to him after the New York Post story broke, it basically shows that Anthony Blinken was the ringleader of the entire thing. Republicans are looking in the right place. We just need to now get Blinken's ass nailed to the wall. And then we can worry about all of the rest that comes after it. He said specifically he did not email Hunter Biden. But guess what? They have the emails. Anthony Blinken and wife, please preserve your communications. So Hunter Biden occurred, uh, excuse me, Hunter Biden appeared today in court in Arkansas uh, in the ongoing child support hearings that are being held uh, with his unrecognized daughter, his former stripper baby mama. Uh, and, of course, the judge who has had a darn heck of a time getting Hunter actually into court. So the judge ordered him to answer questions about his financial situation and also to sit down for an interview under oath. Remember, I told you last week Hunter had been hanging out at the White House. He was being protected by the Secret Service. He was doing anything that he could to stop from being served. Uh, well, now uh, his luck has run out and now he's uh, been forced to sit under oath in this child support case, uh, which his daughter's mother has brought in Arkansas. Now, uh, this interview was supposed to take place back in mid-June. Uh, now, this uh, trial has been scheduled, uh, and it wouldn't have happened if Hunter Biden hadn't requested himself that his child support payments be adjusted. Uh, according to CNN, Hunter is paying $20,000 a month that's based upon what his income was at the time that the custody order went into place. Uh, now, if he is forced to produce his financial documents, he's going to have to show how much money he's got coming and going into all of his various accounts. So we're going to learn how much exactly did Hunter earn from his uh, BHR partners deals, uh, from all of the, the jobs that he and Joe did in Ukraine, in China, in other places. Going back to 2013 or earlier, uh, don't forget Hunter Biden had also that company called Skinetalies LLC, which is, I believe, a reference to the Finger Lakes. Um, and Hunter had uh, what was uh, alleged to be a large piece of Bohai Harvest, which would have been somewhere between $420,000 and $20 million. He was forced to divest because of a conflict of interest of his father running and becoming president. Now, with these new documents, we show that Skinetalis LLC is currently controlled by Kevin Morris. This is one of Hunter's attorneys. He's the same guy who paid Hunter's IRS debits, 
Uh, we're not sure exactly how Morris gained control of Scanetoli's LLC, probably just handed over by Hunter so that he can no longer have his name on it because of the conflict of interest. But his lawyer told the New York Times that Hunter no longer holds any interest directly or indirectly in either BHR or Scanetoli's. If somebody that close to Hunter Biden is controlling Scanetoli's, then I have to believe that he would have handed over that but that half a million to $20 million interest in uh, BHR to somebody who is also very, very close to him. Um, and so James Comer and the folks on the oversight committee are going to be calling all of that stuff up as well. As soon as it's put on the record in Arkansas, well, then it's going to be something that we can uh, take a look at ourselves. I'm very excited about that. Um, we also have this new quote from Mike Morrell. He claims that after Joe Biden had that debate with President Trump, where he was able to point to that letter from the 51 intelligence uh, officers, uh, operatives that were uh, telling the American public that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. Mike Morrell got a call. He got a thank you call. And Joe Biden said, you know, hey, thank you so much for handling that for me. If it wasn't for you, uh, then. I wouldn't have been able to uh, have that mic drop moment in the uh, in, in 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 the debate with President Trump. Here is Hunter's baby mama. Uh, that is their child. Look at her wearing a little Def Leppard shirt. I have to be honest. I think it's like such bad taste when I see little children carrying Louis Vuitton bags or Coach or Chanel bags. I, I just feel like. <clears throat> It's a, I don't know. It's a bad look. I, I just, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's unseemly, unseemly. Um, so I, I again, I'm, I'm just interested in seeing what Hunter Biden, uh, is going to reveal with his finances. Um, so when he was leaving court, he had a, a couple of uh, reporters that yelled out a couple of questions to him. Uh, one such question that reporters have been looking to ask Joe Biden and Hunter Biden for many years now is why doesn't Joe Biden recognize his granddaughter, his poor granddaughter, who is uh, essentially being bought off to go away right off into the sunset? Uh, let's go ahead and pull this up. This is Joe Biden getting angry. When he's asked about this baby, this granddaughter that he doesn't want to admit. I'm wondering if you have a comment on this report and court filing out of Arkansas that your son Hunter just made you a grandfather against. No, that's a private matter. I have no comment. But only you would ask that. You're a good man. You're a good man. Thank you guys. Classy. Classy, Joe Biden says. All right. So now, last week, Joe Biden again <clears throat> denied his granddaughter. I have six grandchildren and I'm crazy about them. And I speak to them every single day. Not a joke. Matter of fact, I just got finished going through the calls and uh, only one of them answered the phone. Uh, <laughs> But at least I got to leave a message. And my oldest granddaughter is named after one of my daughters who I lost in an accident a long time ago. And her name is Naomi. And then I have. <clears throat> All right. So he goes on to not name the baby that Hunter Biden had with London Roberts. He's denying this child like Peter denied Jesus. That's twice on the record. I'm sure that we can probably find a third if we go back and look. <clears throat> 
But as Hunter was leaving the the uh, the, the proceedings today, uh, he was asked about the fact that Joe Biden denies this child. Is your dad doing a disservice for not recognizing his grandchild? I would say that he is doing a disservice. You know, this baby had no choice to be born, all right? Uh, you, you, just because Hunter Biden is throwing money at this child doesn't mean it's going to have uh, a, a good quality of life. I suppose that there is a distinct possibility that this child is better off without the Bidens in her life. But I like the idea of giving Joe Biden a hard time about this love child that he doesn't want to admit uh, actually exists. All right, so... um We also have new information about Joe Biden's ongoing connection to the country of Ukraine, perhaps a little bit more of an explanation as to why he's had such a vested interest in this place for all of this time. We had strange news coming out of Ukraine in just the last 24 hours. President Volodymyr Zelensky handed down a blacklist of Republican American politicians who he says are spewing Russian propaganda. So those people are not allowed to come to Ukraine. They're not allowed to visit with the uh, Ukrainian Stasi and the uh, Nazi forces there that are fighting the Russians. Now, with the situation ongoing in Ukraine, as we know, this is not the first time Joe Biden has taken this kind of preternatural interest in what's happening in this nation. Um, We've had billions of dollars that have been flowing between the United States and Ukraine uh, for many, many years, certainly throughout the entire time Joe Biden was in office as vice president. Now, again, as he's president of the United States, uh, just since the time, just this is just over a year. Actually, let me play you guys a video. And uh, you may or may not remember this. I, I made this before Russia invaded Ukraine. Hold on just a second. February 2022. War on the. Hold on. There we go. February 2022. War on the European continent. Russian President Vladimir Putin warns the international community that they're playing with fire. Heading up the UN Security Council, Russia warns of NATO expansion into Ukraine, stressing urgently that Russia will take any and all security measures to secure their borders and sovereignty. For weeks now, American leaders have been claiming Putin's aim is to invade the nation of Ukraine and any such action will trigger swift response from the international community. February 23rd, 2022, Vladimir Putin announces the start of specialized military operations inside Ukraine, designed to dismantle their military strike capabilities, and, as he put it, denazify the former Soviet state. Putin claims the Ukrainian government is harboring neo-Nazi terrorists that threaten the lives and liberty of citizens within the self-autonomous regions of the Donbass. For the last eight years, nationalist forces within Ukraine fighting under the flag of the Azov Battalion has been waging genocide on the people of the breakaway publics of Donetsk and Luhansk, which Russia has officially recognized as sovereign nations after a request from the governments of these breakaway regions. American media swiftly counters with rampant propaganda designed to twist the narrative and frame Putin and the people of the Russian Federation as Nazis themselves. Well, they must have forgotten the State Department and the CIA's backing of openly Nazi-affiliated forces used to overthrow the Yanukovych regime back in 2014, or the leaked phone calls of former Obama and current Biden State Department employee Victoria Nuland speaking about which political positions she wanted filled by what puppets. Ukraine has long been a point of manipulation 
manipulation for the international global cabal, a major hub for drug and human trafficking, and most importantly, money laundering. Here's Hunter Biden, son of current President Joe Biden and former mule, I mean employee, of Ukrainian gas and oil company Burisma. The Biden roots run deep in Ukraine and the threat of exposure by Russian forces taking out the trash has the globalists running scared. So what's the answer? Thermonuclear war with Russia on behalf of the NATO nations? Or the total dismantling of their criminal playground and the loss of billions of dollars in ill-gotten gains? The Russian incursion into Ukraine continues from the north, south, and east, and only time will tell. All right, so I am rather proud of that video. And uh, it's interesting, since I made that, the U.S. government has sent $77 billion into Ukraine. For what? Well, probably for weapons, probably for food, probably for supplies and flak jackets, uh, uh, bullets, you name it, okay? The United States is sending money. It's getting sent over there. Now, is it going for those things? I tend to think not. Probably many billions of those 77 billion are getting funneled directly into the accounts of Volodymyr Zelensky and probably now current resident in chief Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, Russia is going to pummel Ukraine at the end of the day. This is not going to end well for them. However, it's also potentially going to pummel the United States because this is distinctly something that could break our nation, sending as much money as we possibly can. I mean, just because we have the the, the cargo to send money over there does not mean that we should. Um, so anyways, uh, continuing to watch that story as well. All right. Thank you very much, guys. I should talk like that all the time. It's not that easy to talk like that all the time. I really had to like hone it and then like modulate my voice a little bit. All right. So some of you may or may not know that we have an ongoing case still taking place, a number of them taking place in Arizona. Abe Hamada, there is a distinct possibility he may be Secretary of State, or excuse me, Attorney General before too long. Uh, and when that happens, he will have certain powers to expose the crimes of the current government in Arizona. Now, we have video here that will be very shortly presented in Carrie Lake's own ongoing election fraud case. This is footage that was released by We the People Arizona Alliance, and it shows the fraudulent signature verification standards which are used in Maricopa County, both in 2020 and, of course, in 2022. This was a very integral part of the system that they used to steal those elections, both the general in 2020 and then the midterms, which stole the governorship from Kerry Lake in 2022. Her lawsuit demands an opportunity to inspect Maricopa County ballots from that 2022 general election, which would include ballot signature envelopes and the corresponding signatures on file with the Maricopa County. That would be prior to trial. Now, the count that was previously dismissed before her lawsuit went to trial in Maricopa County Superior Court made this impossible to do. But this is perhaps the most critical aspect of this. If Carrie Lake is allowed to do this, then it's very likely that she's going to prove that we had illegal activity taking place. Over 420,000 ballot affidavits that failed signature verification in the 2020 election alone. In the 2022 election, 290,644 failed signatures in that election. Both of them 
were far greater than the margin of victory that Joe Biden had over Donald Trump in 2020 and far greater than the margin of victory that Carrie Lake or that what's her name, Katie Hobbs had over Kerry Lake in 2022. So let's go ahead and take a look at this video and we can see what the evidence looks like. Make up your own mind about whether or not there's fraud. I tend to think there is. Here it is, the Vanish holster, the world's most comfortable holster. One thing to know is you don't need a belt with the Vanish holster. Signatures are egregiously different. These signatures fail multiple points and cannot pass. Okay, so these signatures, what you're seeing is the signature on file and then the signature on the ballot. And so far in every single one of them, they have not matched at all, like at all, at all. I'd say that's pretty damning evidence. Yeah, <laughs> Batman. That Was that the Batman theme song? I thought that it sounded familiar. All right. <clears throat> well, uh, good stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and just make sure I share that real quick. We the People Arizona Alliance. Let me share that for you, bud. There we go. All right. Good stuff. All right. So uh, one final story. Katie Hobbs is not out of the woods either. She may be losing her governorship. Abe Hamada might be sliding into his election. And Katie Hobbs is also allegedly still under investigation for potential felony charges where she illegally shut down a candidate petition portal as Arizona Secretary of State. When she was Secretary of State, she did illegal things as well. This is an investigation that was previously being performed by Attorney General Mark Burnovich uh, because she shut down the equal candidate petition portal, which disenfranchised primary election candidates. So now the illegitimate Attorney General, who was basically installed by Katie Hobbs, is the one who's investigating Katie Hobbs. So if Abe Hamada is able to slide into that office of the attorney general, he would be the one that would be looking into it. Uh, So keep the prayers up for Abe, keep the prayers up for the people of Arizona, because uh, this is what it's going to require, guys. Lots and lots of careful prayer and consideration. Uh, Let me see. We're going to go through our final thank yous over here. Uh, Porpoiseful, thank you for dropping two cookies. Just Duckies dropped a cookie. Doug Simey dropped a cookie. J2 Dank dropped a cookie. Filter Dog One said $20,000 a month. I could live, yeah, I could live with that too. And I'm not even a, a four year old d- girl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you, sure. Okay. Um, and I just want to make sure there's nothing else. I don't think that there's anything on Buy Me a Coffee or on Cash App. Nope. And nope. Okay. All right, you guys, we are good. Hopefully you just realized that was my voice in that clip. I think I might've put that clip out on my rumble channel, like months and months, like a year ago, like when I first made it. So go back and check. You might see it on there. Um, If it's not there, then I'll probably just like put it out on its own, maybe tomorrow or something like that. Okay. Um, Let me pass out the gold pills. And there you go. All right. Great. Thank you for being here, guys. Hopefully you can join us tonight at 1030 p.m. on Badlands Media for another episode of Baseless Conspiracies with myself and John. If not, then I hope to see you tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern for Occam's Razor. Until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you then.